The information provided in this podcast and on this website is intended for a Canadian audience. It is for informational purposes only and does not create a physician-patient relationship. It is not to be used as professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or care, nor is it intended to be used as a substitute. Anyone with any questions regarding medical conditions, issues, or problems should seek the advice of a physician. Welcome to episode six of Peep the Process, a sport and exercise medicine podcast for Canadian student athletes. Emma, I was glad the last episode you told the story about your foot fracture before prom. You know, if there's any silver lining, it didn't happen at prom. I've seen some patients with prom-related foot and ankle injuries. In fact, a, a relative of mine who shall not be named participated in her own unique duathlon. What do you mean by that, James? So um, our student athletes uh, who don't know triathlon, it's a great, great sporting event. Uh, I did it for many years, and it, it's usually swim, then bike, then run. So we had in our family a famous family triathlon in Guelph one year with seven competitors. Five of us registered for the triathlon, uh, and two family members declared right away they weren't going to do the swim. They did the typical duathlon which is run, then get on your bike, and then finish with a run. But this prom injury forced my niece to do the 750-meter swim, which she did, then the 20-kilometer bike ride, which she did, but then she had to retire from the event because her ankle was not up to the 5K run after an undisclosed prom incident. (laughs) So I'm interested to know, have you ever been asked to see anyone with a shoulder injury from prom? Well, no, I, I haven't actually seen a shoulder injury from prom. But two years ago, Emma, I was at a wedding, and they were doing some pretty wild dancing. And I'm not going to get into that. But a guest dislocated his shoulder. In fact, uh, it was interesting, but it, he turned out to be a radiologist from the USA. He was actually a doctor. He dislocated his shoulder with wild dancing at this wedding. And the mother of the bride came up to me and asked me to assess him at the wedding. So always a doctor, no matter where you go. So James, today our topic is shoulders, and I hear our guest is an expert on acupuncture. I've gotten acupuncture before, but can you just share with the listeners and maybe explain that the needles don't hurt as much as you might think they would? Well, it's, it's, it's amazing that the needles are so very thin, and uh, we're going to ask our guest why actu- acupuncture typically does not hurt. Uh, I actually... Uh, had acupuncture for my shoulder tendonitis. I think this was, uh, you know, we're, we're always into behind the scenes, right, on, on this podcast. And I've done a number of uh, sporting competitions. And I, I think this was at the Canada Games in New Brunswick. And I had this terrible shoulder pain. And one of the physiotherapists did acupuncture on my shoulder. And the pain was completely relieved. I also had acupuncture from a colleague behind the scenes at the Olympics. And uh, I fell asleep and she left me there. I think I woke up 40 minutes later and the entire arena was empty. (laughs) Did you have a good nap? Oh, I sure did. Uh, So I'm going to be introducing our guest expert today, Dr. Janice Harvey, who is a primary care physician with a CAC in sport and exercise medicine from the College of Family Physicians of Canada where she is a physician advisor in CPD. 
Dr. Hervey was the president of the Canadian Academy of Sport and Exercise Medicine in 2011 and the chair of the Ontario College of Family Physicians CMECPD committee. Dr. Harvey is also an assistant clinical professor at the Department of Family Medicine at McMaster University and the assistant director of the standardized patient program at the Center for Simulation-Based Learning. She has abundant national and international sport experience, where she is currently the medical lead of the World Curling Federation and is the Canadian delegate to the World University Sport Federation, also known as FISU, from 1997 to present. Welcome, Dr. Harvey. Thank you so much, Emma. Dr. Harvey, you've been a teacher and a mentor for so many of the top sport docs across Canada. What would you say to the student athlete who's considering a career in sport and exercise medicine, either as a doctor or as an allied health professional? What I'd say, Jim, is that it's a natural fit. And I've, um, you know, I've had the pleasure of seeing uh, many of my uh, athletes that I had, a, uh, had the privilege of treating as patients, seeing them uh, pursue a career either in uh, physiotherapy or athletic therapy or as a sport physician. And, um, and they've, you know, they certainly come and ask me, you know, what it's like to be a sport physician. And I always make, I'm, I'm always very honest with them and, and tell them the pros and the cons. And, uh, but encourage them that it's, you know, something that is, uh, you know, it's like the old saying, if you love what you do, you'll do it well. I want to talk about a high school athlete uh, who came in to see me at about age 16. She was a sprinter with a, a lower uh, body injury. And maybe on the second or third visit, she turned to me and she said, I want to be you. And it was so lovely to hear that because obviously I had an influence on her thinking process about her career plans. And she um, went to McMaster University. She's since uh, graduated as a physiotherapist. And I wrote her a reference letter and she just got into a PhD program. So, you know, it's so lovely to see that when we work hard at our chosen profession that we do have uh, influence on uh, our student athletes in such a positive direction. But uh, I was going to say, Janice, you're so dedicated to be, I I'm going to call you Canada's Fichu Guru, and that's a federation of uh, university student sports. Uh, can you tell our student athlete listeners more about Fichu and where you've traveled? I think that's going to be an interesting one, and also what your role has been. Happily, uh, happy to do that because this, it, it is, as you've said, it's an international federation for university sport, not as well known in Canada uh, because it originated in Europe. It originated in Belgium and Italy. And uh, those are, in European countries, I liken it to the enthusiasm and the, and the, the support that governments put behind uh, university or collegiate or even high school sports uh, in, in a similar way, where in a, if you go to a, a, a football game at, at a you know, high school in the, in the U.S., you know, the stands are filled with thousands of, of, fan, of fans, and the, the, it's the same in Europe. Uh, so that's one of the reasons that we, don't, we haven't heard as much about it, and it's not as a familiar uh, term uh, in Canada, but certainly at the university level, uh, 
athletes right across Canada have the opportunity to apply for the, uh, either a summer uh, games or a winter games, depending on the sport that they play. And teams are made up um, and from athletes all across the universities in Canada. And are, uh, they get to travel to the most amazing places from you know, Asia, Europe, um, all, uh, even Russia. Uh, all over the world and compete with um, their fellow athletes from other universities literally around the world. And it's one of the most amazing environments for an athlete, uh, especially, um, you know, for athletes who are main, you know, are likely not going to go on to professional sport uh, arenas and uh, because they want to, you know, focus on their careers but it gives them that opportunity to know and feel what it's like to be an, uh, to compete at an international level and just experience that whole international uh, camaraderie and uh, uh, experience. So when you were at McMaster, what were the most common shoulder injuries that you saw? Most common shoulder injuries, I, d- I always divide my shoulder injuries into um, the ones that happen all of a sudden or what we say acutely. So those are the more, they tend to be the more traumatic ones. So that would be a, uh, an AC separation or a, an actual full dislocation. Uh, and then the, on the other side, it would be a lot of what we call common overuse injuries. So repetitive motion. So you see in, in, in athletes who swim or play volleyball or basketball. So a lot of the overhead motions they get. They often come in with an inflamed rotator cuff tendons. So we told our listeners last week that we would ask you this week, what is the difference between a shoulder separation and a shoulder dislocation? The difference between a, a shoulder separation is the, is the structures that are involved. So, so when we talk about a separation, it involves a joint within the shoulder girdle itself called the uh, chromioclavicular joint. And it's not a ball and socket joint like the glenohumeral uh, shoulder where your arm attaches into your shoulder girdle. But in fact, it's, it's where two bones come together and they're joined by ligaments. And it's when a force is uh, applied to the outside of the shoulder and these ligaments get stretched and so they separate from each other and the ligaments can tear uh, or they can just stretch. So that's a separation versus a shoulder dislocation is where the arm, the, the top of the arm actually comes out of the socket of the, of the shoulder, which is called the glenoid. That sounds painful. It is. So how did these affect an athlete's return to play? Well, as you can imagine, the shoulder dislocation is, you know, that needs to be addressed right away because you, you know, you can't have, you know, your, uh, a joint in your body out of, out of place for very long. And it's, as you had mentioned, rightly so, it's very painful. So that will limit uh, an athlete's return to play, uh, depending on the age of the athlete and whether this has happened to them before. So with a, with a shoulder dislocation, it, you know, we like to, it's the, probably the one injury 
that we actually like to see scar tissue develop. Now there's a caveat to this. So if, if the athlete is in their uh, early, age, so the age range of the, up to their, you know, into their 20s, early 20s, and it's a first time dislocation, sometimes the best way is to treat them is to have surgery. But sometimes if it's a, re a recurrence, then we put them in a sling um, for a few weeks to get uh, scar tissue to actually develop so it actually adds more protection and more stability to the joint. So there, either way, a shoulder dislocation, an athlete is going to be out of play for, for many weeks. Whereas a shoulder separation, depending on the degree, and, we, uh, and the degree refers to how severe it is, depending on the degree, uh, an athlete may be able to get back into play depending on the type of sport and what risks that exposes them to but they could, might be able to get back as soon as uh, a week or, or it may take up to six weeks. So when you allow the scar tissue to develop, does that decrease the risk of getting another dislocation? That's the goal. Uh, and it, it works uh, most of the time, but sometimes it just doesn't. It really depends on, on the athlete. Okay. And if I came up to you as a student athlete, and told you that my coach says to stretch my shoulder, but my athletic therapist says not to, what would you say to me and who would I listen to? So that, that, that is difficult for an athlete, uh, but the, the, what the therapist is trying to convey is that strengthening is what we, is the ultimate goal because that, that strength, as I just mentioned, is going to provide the stability to the joint. Whereas stretching the shoulder uh, is, uh, is sort of goes counter to that whole principle around uh, the stability. And, and overstretching can actually predispose uh, athletes to a risk of um, uh, not focusing on the, on the strengthening and so that they may be more prone to uh, getting an over, overuse uh, injury. Okay. Janice, we understand you have experience in acupuncture as well. Can you tell us when and how acupuncture is effective for shoulder injuries? Certainly. So acupuncture, what acupuncture actually does is it, it, it works with the body's own uh, energy pathways that are within the body. And there's thought to be 12 energy pathways. And when there's an injury or there's inflammation, what the, uh, the whole premise around acupuncture is, is it helps to rebalance by taking away or unblocking whatever is interfering with the, with the energy as it flows through the body. Janice, what do you want student athletes to understand better about um, we'll call it the breadth of shoulder injury management strategies available to them? In other words, there's so many, you just don't have to have one strategy. What do you want them to understand better about this? So that is exactly uh, the approach that not, there's never, there's not one thing that will cure uh, an injury. Uh, so, you know, 
one medicine or you know one technique necessarily and that's why when when an athlete goes to uh, their sports center when they go into the sport clinic that that clinic is is staffed with a team that has a, a, a wide variety of different skills that um, can then be best suited and tailored so we you know each injury uh, gets sort of individualized tailored treatment and that's really the best way we call it a multidisciplinary approach uh, so that all aspects of a of an injury are addressed so whether it's you know, you know, using a bit of medication to decrease inflammation while um, using some physical therapy techniques to, uh, to relax the, the tense tissues, uh, to having um, a supportive brace uh, uh, prescribed for them to uh, give the, the area a little bit more support while they're doing their rehabilitation exercises. So the... Um, the exercise, the area rather, is supported, and they don't um, they get they don't get tired, and they're able to do their their exercises appropriately. Uh, I was discussing recently with my athletic therapist from Seneca College. Uh, Daryl mentioned that he and Steve would notice how teams that were incorporating strength and conditioning into their practice sessions they appear to be successful as a team. In other words, they are winning more than losing and or they made the OCAA playoffs. What, what are your thoughts on this? Is it a coincidence? No, not at all. It's, you know, it's really about, you know, as I just mentioned, it's not, it's not one thing. And if you focus on just one aspect, so just, just strengthening and not having a good cardiovascular condition, um, you know, the, an athlete, as we know, there are many aspects to uh, an athlete. And, you know, that includes the mind. As you've, you've heard many professionals say, you know, it's 10% skill and 90% um, in the mind that makes a winner. And so there's, um, there, as, as interdisciplinary as uh, a therapy team can be, it, it's, uh, is, it's because our, our athletes and ourselves are, you know, we have so, uh, we have so many aspects that, that make up our overall health. And so it's, you know, it's important to make sure that we address uh, the physical, the mental, uh, even the, the social. So, you know, the, you know, the social aspect of being on a team and, and performing as a, as a team member or for, you know, a, addressing what your coach, coach's wishes are. So there's many, many aspects that play into being a successful athlete. And uh, so it's no coincidence when you have a, a great interdisciplinary uh, team uh, that has those resources to help an athlete address all of those. You know, back in the day, uh, I know that when we were playing for a particular team, we wouldn't do any preseason training whatsoever. The season would begin, we would practice, and then we'd compete. And then at the end, we would go back to our lazy ways. And so, you know, I, I'm not saying that athletes need to be athletes 52 weeks of the year but you know you need a little bit of downtime I, our guest last week was talking about not uh uh pushing yourself all the time but taking some time for rest but in your experience janice do more overuse injuries happen in the first practice or even the first week of the preseason and if so why 
So it's interesting. I, I agree with that. Uh, it, they happen in at that time frame, and then they'll often happen uh, right at uh, a couple of weeks into the the uh, towards the end of the the competitive season, depending on how long that season is. So, for instance. You know, in basketball, the, the season is so long that, you know, we'll run into that at the very end of the season, just purely out of, you know, fatigue uh, for many reasons. You know, you're still having to go to school, you're still having to train, and the season is just a really long season. Uh, and then, as you said, if you're not doing a consistent off-season program, then, yeah, you know, you're going to you know, ask your body to do extraordinary things at a level it's not been used to, um, it's going to push back. So before we let you go, uh, I just wanted to ask you more question. So you've worked with so many students at McMaster University, and what is the biggest piece of advice you would give them? The biggest piece of advice is to ensure that you've got a really good off-season program, that you stay consistent with your training, but you also allow yourself some time to recover. So at least, you know, one day off and, you know, be kind to yourself. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us this week, Dr. Harvey. And Thank you so much for inviting me. And to the listeners, join us next week. when We are joined by gold medalist at the 2006 World Rowing Championships, Sport and Exercise Medicine Specialist, Dr. Jane Thornton, and we will be talking about how to be the best athlete that you can be. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Instagram at Peep the Process Podcast and on Twitter and Facebook at Peep the Process. Our website can be found at peeptheprocess.buzzsprout.com. This podcast is produced by Emma Jacobs along with associate producer Enrica Immaturo. Special thanks to the Department of Family Medicine at the Scarborough Health Network, the Athletic Department at Seneca College, and the Canadian Academy of Sport and Exercise Medicine for their support. See you next time. At this point, we would like to remind you that the information provided in this podcast and on this website is intended for a Canadian audience. It is for informational purposes only and does not create a physician-patient relationship. It is not to be used as professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or care, nor is it intended to be used as a substitute. Anyone with any questions regarding medical conditions, issues, or problems should seek the advice of a physician.